another level in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when I think about it, I think about how when in my mind I'm perceiving I'm, what was the worst, whatever that period of time was for you, when you were like, I've, I'm just going to do my own thing, I'm going to turn my back on God, this is the height of it, even though we know our hearts is what determines that. Jesus looks at us and says, I'm going to die for him. I'm going to die for her. He's worth it. I can't even fathom, like, choosing to die for people whose backs are all turned against me. You know? You look out, you're on the cross. There's a few people looking at Jesus, but it, their hearts were turned to him. You know, I can't even think about that, of where I am and what, that he would just deem that I'm worthy uh, of that is incredible. Incredible. And so, if nothing else, please be thinking about that today as you leave, when you leave here in a little bit. Um, if you could stand with me, uh, I want to read some scripture um, with you. You can find it in your bulletin, in your Bible, on your phone, your iPad, whatever you're using. Uh, maybe you have it memorized already. That would be my heart's desire. Um, Matthew 7, 12 through 20. I'll just read it and just please follow along. It says this, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. Beware of those false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire so you'll recognize them by their fruit heavenly father i thank you for this time this opportunity to come before you and i pray that you will speak to our hearts as we take an evaluation of where we are uh, in relation to you i pray that we have all given our lives to you and if not we will today and if we haven't given our whole, everything about us to you, Lord, I pray that we will today, that you will reveal things to us that maybe we haven't thought about, uh, Lord, that you will reveal things to us in your word. I pray there'll be your word that speaks to us, uh, Lord, not my words, but your words. And, and Lord, I pray that you will be with us in this time again. Uh, thank you for this opportunity, and, and I, I just pray that you'll be glorified, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> we're going through this series on the Sermon on the Mount, obviously, and we're getting to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And I thought about, I got the great opportunity at the, kind of on the front end after the Beatitudes to preach, and I said, uh, being salt and light leads others to what's right, right? And I was talking about as you walk in this, in this world and you're salt and light to people, it'll, it'll point them to Christ, okay? But then I got to thinking as we come to the end here is like, it's impossible to be salt and light 
and lead people to what's right if you yourself are not right, if you haven't made that decision for Christ, right? We, you're trying to do something that just you can't do because it it's an inward transformation that has to take place. And as I look back on the Sermon on the Mount, it's really about that. You know, Jesus is calling us to a countercultural relationship with him that is evident in a countercultural lifestyle. And he says some things. He says, five times he says, you've heard it said, but I tell you. You know, I wonder when he was thinking that. He was like, this will preach, but what? <laughs> You've heard it said, but I tell you five times. And he's talking about murder, adultery, telling the truth, uh, to do, what to do when someone wrongs you, loving your enemies, all these things that they had heard that just deal with the outside stuff, but he takes it a step and goes inside and start. He changes it up and says, no, 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 it's about where your heart is, right? And um, and I think about what you've heard, that statement. I think about students always tell me, they go, I'm not listening to what they're saying. I'm just listening to the beat. Have you heard that? Has someone, have you ever told somebody that about a song that you know is inappropriate that, that you're listening to? And you're like, I'm not listening to the words. I'm just listening to the beat. But it is really the words that are changing you, right? You know, I guarantee you. If song yeah came on and we heard, doo, 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 you know, everybody up, you know, it, it, we would think it doesn't matter what is being said, but what it does and what he could be saying all kinds of crazy stuff. We'd just be going, yeah, 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 just going right along with it. And then we find ourselves going on in life, right in the wrong direction. You've heard it said, but I tell you. Then he goes on to do this. He gives us some warnings. And if Jesus gives you some warnings, you probably should take, it, take advice. It's not like a lifeguard saying, hey, don't swim after you've eaten or whatever these warnings are. Hey, warning, slow down, children ahead, people buzz through there. You know, warning, all these warnings, and we just still do it. But if Jesus is giving you a warning, you probably should pay attention. And he says... And he starts out by saying this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of other people, in front of people. And I wonder, and I know for sure the answer to this is yes. Later, it's going to be declared that no one is righteous, not even one. So our righteousness is really not any kind of righteousness. Uh, and he's saying this in relation to almost like religious activities, giving, praying, fasting. We all, we want them to know you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, David, uh, all the people we just think of, and we, we just sound so serious, and we're just going to do it, right? We think of all these things. We do it in front of other people. That righteousness is not, is not what you want. Then he gives some specific things not to do. Collect possessions, worry about your life, or judge people, you know? <clears throat> then he does a pivot, and he starts saying, hey, but I want you to keep asking, keep searching, keep knocking. And I just, I'm thankful uh, for, for, for this sermon. And it's, the, it's a great sermon. And, and it's like one of the, it's the first sermon. So I'm wondering, he, then he comes to this statement that we're going to start with. He says, therefore. And I wonder if they, they hadn't heard a sermon before. So I wonder if they thought, oh, this is what a pastor does when he's about to close. You know, he's like, one more thing, just in closing, 
all that kind of stuff. They've been sitting around listening to him talk. Are they sitting on rocks? Are they sitting on church pews can be some of the most uncomfortable things you sit on. And are they wondering uh, what's going on? And they're sitting there and he goes, therefore, all right. And some people are looking at their watches, phones, got to make their fantasy line up correct. (laughs) Got only a few more minutes. And um, I'm wondering what they're thinking. And he goes, whatever you want people to do for you. And I bet you everybody's head went up because that list is long. (laughs) Isn't it? That list is long. We joke about artists. You hear about these musicians that have these incredible show writers that you, you have to do for them in order for them to show up. But many of us walk around with some show writers about how people are to treat us in order for us to be in a relationship with them. You know, we say all these things. Um, Aerosmith um, um, is a band that I listened to occasionally back in the day. They had, you had to have red Skittles only for them. And I appreciate that because I only want to eat red Skittles too. We pick them out, but that was one of their things. Then I was looking at Beyonce's show rider, and it is pretty intense. Let me read this to you. Um, she requires that the temperature in the room be 78 degrees at all times, four brand new white towels, two for her face, two for her body in the bathroom. Um, she cannot have any sign of Coca-Cola anywhere, just in case there's a photo because she's sponsored by Pepsi. Um, so we're the opposite, me and her are the opposite. Um, she's got to have one case of Aquafina water, half cold, half room temperature, one hot tea set up, sliced lemon wedges, rose scented candles, a lighter for those candles. It says a CD player, so this is obviously a dated list. Who knows what, what she wanted, but we walk around with a show rider, plane tickets, right? And he's saying that, therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, and we're, it's easy to think about that, but then he goes on to say, do the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. And I have a feeling the list of what we're willing to do for other people is a lot shorter than the list that we're willing, we want done for us. And I'm going to say this, and when I was, it, when I, when the, I felt like was the Lord's like, might say this, uh, it, w- it wrecked my own heart. It says, The gap between what you want others to do for you and what you are willing to do for them is a direct measurement of your relationship with Christ. The gap between what you want others to do for you and what you're willing to do for them is the measurement, is a measurement of our relationship with Christ. Does he have our whole heart? Does he have a quarter of it? Does he have half of it? It's not a piece of chicken, you know. It is our hearts, and he wants it all. He wants everything. And, and here's the thing, like, our demands of what we want from others will change as we are following Christ, as well as what we're willing to do for others will change. So, so some of our ridiculous is going to come down, right? And some of what we're willing to do will go up. And it'll meet because of God transforming our lives. But I thought about this. True righteousness 
when righteousness of Christ, it just leads and burrs in us a self-denial. You know, Jesus, Jesus reigning in our lives is going to lead to us saying no to ourselves more and more and more and our natural tendencies to just to do whatever we feel like we want to do. You know, and Jesus set the example on this. In Matt, and not in Matthew, in Philippians, uh, he said, in Philippians 2, 5, it says, Make your attitude that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his internal form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God also highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Then it goes on to say, So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is key. For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to will and to act for his good purchase purpose. Uh, you were a good purchase, but purpose. And um, he sets the example. Jesus never calls us to, to anything he hasn't already done. You know, so he's going to be walking with, you know, with it, with us. So, so many times we try to relate to folks and we can't, but Jesus can relate to us. You know, not everything's the same, but he's been through it. He's walked through it. He went through the valley of death first. You know, he can relate and sets the example, you know, um, and Jesus is going to now describe what this path looks like that he's calling us to. It's a road that leads to life. And we flip back to Matthew, and it says this. Um, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go for, through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. My dad used to say when, when I was, he was teaching me how to drive, drive with the flow of traffic, you know? So that meant if everyone was going 85 miles an hour, you go 85 miles an hour. But if it also meant if everybody was going 30 miles an hour, you still tried to drive 85 miles an hour, you know? But he was teaching me. Go with the flow of traffic. Go with, just go. And sometimes I, when I first went to a Colts game, I was like, I don't know where to go here. I'm just going to follow the crowd. We just follow the crowd in so many things in life that we can't afford to be following the crowd on. You know what I'm saying? We just don't just, don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. It sounds like a parent thing to say, if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? No, but in our actions, we end up doing that, don't we? We go crazy because we're following the crowd. Um, but this is even, even more personal than that. Like, not just the crowd talking about what we see, but our hearts. Matthew Henry said this, It's easier to set a man against all the world 
than against himself. Let me say that again. It is easier to set a man against all the world than against himself. So everybody could be doing one thing, you know, and, and you could probably not do it, but, your, but if it's something your heart wants to do, that's going to be even more powerful and harder to say no to. You, you feel me? Like, the, it's easier. I'll be like, I'll never do that. But then, then I say that, but my heart might be like, I want to do that. And so that's the harder thing. It's not that everyone's telling me to do something. It's harder to go against my own heart. Uh, and so let's look at this narrow gate. The narrow gate is really talking about a relationship with Jesus. That's how you enter through it. Uh, and it, it, and he, it's a road that not many people are on. <clears throat> it's a road that you're having to carry a lamp, which is God's word with you. Uh, it's a road in which uh, it's narrow. It says it's hard. So many of us don't want anything that is narrow and hard. Whenever someone says they're on the straight and narrow, they're normally talking about a boring life, that nothing's going on. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing. Right? I'm on that straight and narrow, real narrow. All right? So... They're, they're implying that it's just impossible, and it isn't a life-giving, like, I'm on that straight and narrow. And, and um, it is marked with self-denial. Andy Minio, who's a rapper, says many people, he says, they don't want the squeeze, but they want the juice, uh, which, uh, you know, with a, a lemon, you got to squeeze it to get the juice, right? But... This life that God promises is going to cost, it's going to be some squeezing involved, but it's going to lead to a life which he promises that, that we all want. We do, you know, and um, then he describes this wide gate. This wide gate's one that everybody's on, everybody's going through. It's uh, the road that's got the flashing lights, the, the strobe, you know, just like... Aren't you always drawn when you see like this light in the sky that's just like going, you know, it's like, what is over there? You know, you're at Myrtle Beach or you're at someplace, Vegas, wherever, the lights everywhere. You're drawn to the lights. That's probably, I, I imagine this gate has got lights. It's got people wanting to interview you and talk to you. It's got like, oh, well, you know, all this stuff to draw you to it, right? It's the one everyone's going. It's where the fast cars are. It seems easy, but it leads to destruction. And Jesus is calling us not to live by what we see, but what is unseen and what he's doing again and how he wants to change our lives. I think of it like this. You ever be driving on the interstate and then occasionally something will catch your eye in the corner, and you look over, and there's another road. It's kind of parallel. It gets close sometimes, but then you notice you go through the mountain, it goes over the mountain, and it goes around and all that kind of stuff. I wonder if it's like this. See, the fast, the interstate, you know, it's smooth sailing. You should be able to go fast, get where you go. No one's really talking to each other unless there's something, someone's going 35 and should be going 85. You know, there's all those types of things are going on. And it's like, 
But there comes a time where, like, the people on the interstate need something, so they got to get off and get on the other road to find food, gas, where they're staying, all those types of things. While the people on the, on the, on the small road are going up through, they, they have better views of what's going on. You know, they get time to spend together. There's homes over there. You can stop a whole bunch of different places and get food and life and experience different people, right? And I think of that more like the, the road that the Lord calls us to. Like, he wants us spending time with him. He wants us, uh, he wants to give us everything we need, everything we promise, you know? And then there's going to be people that occasionally try to take an exit and get off on this road and then get back on the road they were going. You know, and that's how we sometimes treat the Lord. Like, I'm just going to come to him when I need something. I'm going to get off on this exit because, oh, I see there's a, a Chipotle here, a Chick-fil-A, right? Or whatever it may be. There's a gas station. And so Jesus is calling us to a road that maybe is less traveled. It takes a little bit more time, but it's going to lead to life. It's going to lead to the things. It's going to, get, it's going to contain all the things that you need. Better views. You know, better just everything. More importantly, you're with him. And that's what it's about. <clears throat> and so we have to choose. What are we going to do? I'm going to choose the, the, uh, the uh, narrow road, the... Um, the, or the wide, broad road, one that leads to destruction and one that leads to life. But the enemy is tricky. When you're thinking about this and you're hearing this message, it's like, oh, maybe I've been choosing the wrong thing. He's going to bring some people along that try to guide you the wrong way, right? And it says these false prophets are, they're going to come in the Lord's name. They're going to claim his words. They're going to appear to help, but they are only doing that on the outside. They appear to be sheep, but really on the inside, they're ravaging wolves, the arch enemy of the sheep. Um, in one of the commentaries, it says, false prophets does not only mean false preachers who proclaim a false gospel, but primarily false professors of the faith in Christ. Their inward nature has not changed. They merely wear the outside guise of a sheep. 2 Peter 1.4 says, through, the, through these, talking about promises, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I imagine these people these, in today's world would have the lights. They would be pointing you a certain direction. They would look like they know what they're doing. You know, whistles. Um, they would have... Um, Maybe it's like they've hired some people to look like police officers directing traffic to get you to go this way. No, this way. No, GPS says go that way. The Bible says go that way. No, 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 no. Go this way. Go this way. These, what these false prophets are doing all the time? And, um, and it might not even be like that. It might be that person at work just whispering in your ear, you deserve better. You know, or that, that woman... Um, in the office or, you know, that woman at the pool that you caught your eye. I wish things were like that or whatever you're thinking. Leads you just the wrong way. 
You know, maybe that person that slides into your DMs on uh, Twitter or on Instagram, they just, with a different message than, than what's right. Or maybe it's that student inviting you to some house party if you're in college or high school that, that oh, everybody's going to be there. Come on, you don't want to miss out. Uh, and it, it goes south in a hurry. They claim to get, that they're going the right way, but really they're going the wrong way. So how do you tell? It says you need to observe the fruit that they're producing. In my house growing up, we had, we had a bunch of trees, but we had two trees in particular. There was a pear tree and there was an apple tree. I can't tell you the difference between the two, except, I mean, they both had bark. They both had branches with leaves. I assume they had roots, all those types of things. I didn't know what type of tree it was until the fruit. Oh, that's a pear. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's the apple tree. Eventually I learned, you know, that's what those were. It, we're supposed to judge the fruit. We're supposed to look at it. But we can only do that if we know what's authentic, what the real thing is. You know, you could tell me that that was an apple my whole life, but it really be a pear. I need to find a way, and it's through God's word to know that, no, no that ain't right. That, that's not an apple. That's a pear. Kind of like you hear all the time, the Secret Service don't study the fake dollar bills. They study the real dollar bill so that then they know when they see a fake one that it's fake. There's too many fakes. So Jesus says this here. He gives you a couple of ways to, to observe, and he talks about what kind of fruit we're trying to observe. It's like the fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> you should be observing their Christian character, the Beatitudes. You should be observing the fruit of their lips. What are they talking about? Are they praising the Lord? Hebrews 13 and 15. You should judge the fruit of their living. Is it holy? Romans 6, 22. Their good works. Colossians 1, 10. How many lost souls have been won to Christ? Romans 1, 13. You know, this fruit, we can <laughs> inspect it, look at it, make sure you know. A real good fruit is looking like these things versus the bad fruit. Uh, and the difference of biting into the wrong fruit is life and death. Look at the Garden of Eden. It is life and death. And so for these reasons, we have to be willing to take an examination of our hearts, to look at it and say, hey, what's going on here? What road am I really on? You know, who am I really listening to? Is it the authentic, real thing, or is it something else? So, to give you an example, um, and kind of close, when Krista and I went on our honeymoon, and we went to Mexico, okay? And in Mexico, we flew into Cancun. We didn't stay there. We went somewhere else. Um... You, get, you, 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 you land, you're at the airport, and you land, get your stuff, and then you go out the doors, and you think you're exiting, but you go out these doors to this other kind of room that the people are like, hey, can I help you? Where are you staying at? All this stuff. So they got people calling me over. They said this in front of Kristen, too. They come on, come on over here, uh, you know, amigo, you know, like friend, and... They, where are you staying? Yeah, here. Oh, 
You don't want to stay there. You don't want to stay there. You want to stay here. It is all-inclusive. Everybody goes there. They probably threw some names out of people that were famous that were there. You know, come to this place. Uh, and they're saying this in front of Kristen. So they're also playing on my pride of like, because they're like, hey, that place is whack. You taking her there? You taking your wife where? All that kind of stuff. Making me feel like, but this guy was, I thought, is he part of the airport people? Is this what's supposed to happen? Is this the welcome to the, 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 the country? But what he didn't realize was I had a place already that was paid for. You know what I'm saying? I had a place where Kristen was going to be. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be apart from her. I had a place where the person I was going to spend the rest of my life was. You know, and it wasn't the extra that, was, that mattered. It was who I was going to be with and that it was paid for already. You see where I'm going? Do I need to paint it a little, a little more? Uh, yeah, God, are we clear? Jesus paid for us already. He's invited us to a place. It may be a harder place. It might not have all the extras, the flashing lights, right? But it is with him. And those flashing lights aren't going to go into eternity, but he is. So you want to be where he is with him now and forever. And so what are, you, what are we going to do as believers, I'm tired of myself, and let me just speak for me, choosing the, the flashy lights as opposed to where Jesus is. I have to confess the distance between what I want others to do for me is a lot, and what I'm willing to do for them is a lot greater than I want to just proclaim out here to everyone. If you put it up on the screen, I'm heading for that door right there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the distance. But that distance can grow closer and closer and be more in line as I'm walking with the Lord and being in his word and studying what he wants me to study. It isn't a boring, straight, and narrow road. You know, it's not. It's not a boring road. It is the most exhilarating, oh my gosh, yes, yo, yeah. You know, like, oh, we're over here. You know, like road that you could ever be on, but it's about who you're riding with, and he's with you. And so today, you need to take an examination of your heart. I've, I've laid it out there. Where are you? What road are you on? Consider this an opportunity. Consider this a road block in which you get this, this service today, which you can choose to go, you know how you're riding down the road and it'll be like you got to go left or right and you're trying to decide which side's going to be the one with the most trucks on, uh, you know, cars, and we're going to go slow or fast. And this is that time where you're going to choose the Lord's way or our, our own way. One's going to lead to destruction and one's going to lead to life. And I pray for each one of us that we're choosing the one that leads to life. And not just 
life here now, but life for eternity. Life for eternity. Let me close this in prayer. Gracious Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray that um, we will choose what is right. You give us a choice. We can be on 